0: You are Locked On Padres, your daily San Diego Padres podcast, part of the
1: Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Good greetings, ladies and
1: gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for today, January 13th, Friday the 13th. Crazy, I know, it's freaky, but don't worry. No, nothing cursed on today's podcast, hopefully. Um, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. Find me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres if you get tired of my non-Padres comic book video game, whatever tweets, you could check out on there. And also check out on the YouTube if you want to see, in my opinion, some incredible visuals for today's episode. <laughs> you got the Tatis bobblehead, which everyone could check out. Link in the podcast description if you want them. And then we've also got me rocking my City Connect Eric Hosbert, uh shirt, <laughs> which was gifted to me by, at least partially by, partially. one of my guests today. All right. what a, he, was, he was part of the gift. And he is also, and this is my favorite part about having him on, he is also the co-founder of JustBaseball.com and also the host of The Call-Up, which is an MLB Prospects podcast, and also... A co-host of the Just Baseball Show. He's a writer. He's Mr. Baseball. He's been on the show before. And he's Marlins guy. Mr. Armley, And how are you doing?
0: I'm good, man. I'm I'm excited to be on because honestly, you know, I'm I'm a little bit tired of the whole Marlins pitching trade talk thing. You know, it's been going on since <laughs> last deadline at this point. And um, you know, I, I think it's clear that they're gonna make a deal at some point. I know that we've seen the Marlins and the Padres tied together in conversations and and have been, you know, linked together. But, man, like, I I really like the Padres and the Marlins as a match. So I'm excited to kind of workshop it, talk a little uh, trade with you and uh, talk about the Padres. Because I think they're obviously a very, very fun team going into next year, but could definitely use one more arm. I think there's no doubt about that.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And I think for the Padres right now, it's like more of it's been more of a question about what kind of quality arm are they going to go for a more established guy, or like what we saw last week where they signed Brent Honeywell and they sign Adam Engel. Like they're just trying to like bolster their depth a little bit to just have guys that you could kind of throw out there because they feel great about their top three and Darvish, Musgrove, and Snell. That remains to be seen, but uh, it is true the the Barlids they have been in the news lately for a bunch of different things, um, but, but mainly what we're going to talk about today is the pitching because the Marlins for what feels like, like a long time now have been just in a offensive limbo. Uh, That's actually putting it lightly. They have not had a lot of offense, but what they have succeeded in doing is creating a lot of great pitching. Um, They have Sandy Alcantara. They've got Edward Cabrera. They've got Max Meyer, who's on the shelf right now. They've got Jesus Lizardo and they've got Pablo Lopez. They've got all sorts of names that are on the trade market, at least allegedly and theoretically. Right. And the Padres are one of those teams because of Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo being in theory, they're four and five starters. Uh, I say in theory, because they're a little bit more reliever. Um, uh, they're more akin to being relievers than starting pitchers. So obviously the Padres are attached to the Marlins. Um, I prefer like you also to talk about this, because if I have to hear the name, he's, he's close. This is this may be the first ever non-Padre to get the name ban here on this podcast. I'm not gonna say his name. He is an outfielder for the Pittsburgh oh, God. Yeah. I'm just oh my no, god. I, well, like this guy is Mickey yeah. Male, according to Pirates fans. For like, transparency,
0: <laughs> man, incredible. like you know, in our staff chat it just baseball, which you're a part of, obviously. We we had to just put the uh, we had to put the kibosh on 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 Brian blank conversation uh, because it, it's just at the point now where it's it's going to happen eventually and we're going to go through the same rut of pirates want this every, and, and everybody else doesn't want to give that up because it's not reasonable but the pirates also don't want to offer him more than 75 million dollars so it's like this it, it's such it's just I just need that that to end and and it's not as bad as that with the Marlin situation because I think the Marlin situation is more complex right Kim Ang is trying to plug this this plug some sort of life into this offense. Right. Like you mentioned, the, the the pitching is good. And there's more help on the way in the form of mm-hmm. Yuri Perez, arguably the best pitching prospect in baseball, undoubtedly top three. You talk about Max Meyer, who's on the shelf, but he'll be back in a year and, and is another top flight kind of guy. They've got a few other guys in their system, and they've got a few other arms that that impressed last year that don't even have guaranteed spots in the rotation like a Braxton Garrett. So for, for Kim Ang, it's different. It's like, okay, which arm do I trade? And I can only really trade one of them because even the, the deepest teams pitching wise, you trade a couple arms, all of a sudden one injury, you're not deep anymore. So Kim's trying to survey the market here. And that's why we've heard about a few different teams that, you know, could be tied to the fish. The reason why I think the Padres make a lot of sense is the marlins don't want prospects and that's something that i've heard from the team itself i've heard that from you know craig mish who's the most sourced guy when it comes to the marlins Like they don't want prospects they want big leaguers because kim ang you know is, is trying to prove that she's worthy of an extension as the marlins general manager and, and and so far it's it's hard to say that she's proved anything i think she's been dealt a tough hand but you know she needs to show a better product on the field next year and mm-hmm. if you go get a prospect like, let's say, a Jackson Merrill, just just for hypothetical, that doesn't help Kimang next year. That doesn't help Kim Ang keep her job. So you know the Marlins need big league pieces, and and we're seeing potentially Hassan Kim being dangled. You know, I, I want to hear from you on that because uh, that's a guy that I think is severely underrated, um, even by Padres fans to a degree. Yes. Maybe I I don't yes. think people really appreciate how good Hassan Kim is, and. I think with the Marlins now trading Miguel Rojas, it seems like an unbelievable fit to work a deal around ha Kim and one of the Marlins pitchers. Uh, and, and you know, it could be Pablo, it could be Lizardo, it could be some of these other guys. And interested to talk to you about that too because Pablo, even with the least control, has more control than almost every other guy in this rotation, right? Because most of these guys are on their way to free agency besides Musgrove, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, uh, and then Martinez, uh, because he just signed the contract. But yeah, uh yeah, Snell, Darvish, they're off the books. And with the Padres lack of really like dynamite kind of pitching prospects in their farm yeah. system. In fairness, the lack of anything in the farm system, which is fine because yeah. you got all these great players. You got Juan Soto, who is yes. allegedly the type of package that the pirates want for their guy. Right. Which is like it it has the same energy of like Ron Rivera not knowing that his team was about to be eliminated from the postseason is the Pirates being like, we want to watch
0: Soto back. It's he requested just, it's a trade. It's like, like <laughs> you, you lose some leverage there, buddy. Like, that's how it works.
1: <laughs> it's absolutely insane. But with the Marlins, like you're saying, it, it just seems a lot more realistic because the Padres don't have necessarily farm talent to offer. They have major league talent to offer. And, yeah, I agree. I think that with the with the Kimang thing, it feels like they got to stop kicking the, the can down the road. Um, at some point, you have to be like, all right, I don't, I mean, you, you have texted me before about Jorge Alfaro being in left field at some points. And I really thought you were kidding. I was like, ah, that's funny. That's a good joke. And then I looked at the line. And I was like, oh my God. So the Marlins outfield, I mean, am I crazy for thinking that like the best outfield I could think of that they've had is like
0: Corey Dickerson? Was he good for you guys? I can't even he remember. He was not him. great for them, but he was serviceable. <laughs> um, you know, if you look since Yelich and, and and since those guys and Stanton and Ozuna, it's it's kind of been a revolving door, man. And there was one year when I was hosting Locked on Marlins where I was keeping a running tab of how many different players started in the outfield. And I think by the end of the year, we got to, to 17 or 18 different starting outfielders. You know, it was just a carousel. So, you know, now they've got Soler, they've got Avi Garcia, who both were disappointing, but at least you can pencil those guys in, right? So they need a center fielder. And this is where it's interesting, too. They need a shortstop. They need a center fielder. And they just need guys who can hit, period. I-, I feel like the Padres can't really trade Grisham, right? Because I'm looking at this outfield situation, and I'm like, okay, you've got Matt Carpenter presumably playing left. Is, is that what the plan is But until Tatis comes back? We don't know exactly what the plan is.
1: <laughs> exactly with the Padres right now with their outfield situation, but – you do bring up the shortstop and stuff, and we're gonna talk about that. But first, before we talk about the exact trades, and I want to talk to you about Pablo Lopez specifically, since he seems to be the most popular one on the market um, and whatnot. Let me talk to you guys really quickly about built bar. It's fantastic. Just like all these players we've been talking about, with the exception of that Pittsburgh Pirates one. All right, these just talking trades and being happy about baseball. You know what else makes me happy? Uh, built bars. Because they're full of protein, they don't have nearly as many calories as your other candy bars and your Snickers bars, your payday bars, and they're super tasty. I know you've had them before. I've had them a whole bunch. They've got churro flavors. They've got peanut butter brownie. They've got coconut almond. They've got cherry barcia, which is my personal favorite. It's awesome. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. That's right. You can get them at your local walmart or sam's club it's pretty sick so go check that out guys you can pick up a four pack of cookies and cream whatever you want um and if you're into the sam's club thing and run and grab a 13 bar box with uh all sort of hit flavors that you can get guys so go check out built bar at built.com trust me i've been talking about this forever and they're still good forever into infinity and beyond shout out the built bars um Again, remind everyone, go check out also RM on Twitter. He's at and 8 Forgot to say that at the beginning of the show. And same thing with all the Just Baseball stuff. Now we got to talk about specifics. We kind of – we we glossed over it at the beginning. You know, we touched on it. But it really is, and this isn't like a a Yankees fan trade machine thing. We'll give you a Duhar and Clint Frazier, and then yeah. we want Jazz Chisholm, right? In fact, like you said with just – kind of the Marlins seem like they're just searching for someone who's at least capable. And the Padres are like, cool, we don't want to give up our stars because no team ever does, but they certainly have guys who are just startable and can work. And I think that the two examples of that are Hassam Kim, two positions that make a lot of sense for the Marlins. And with Trent Grisham, yeah, he can't really hit. His arbitration just got settled. He's beginning to make making around $3 bucks this year. But he can play really great defense. And I know that the Marlins have missed out on that And then Hassan Kim got better with the bat as time went along. And and you're you hit the nail around the button. I don't know what's going on with it. It could just be Twitter microcosm speaking. Right? It could be. I don't know what it is with people being like, oh, well, basically he had a higher war than than Trey Turner. So clearly war doesn't matter and all these things. And I I don't know where this stuff is coming from. He's such a foundational, smart, great, like just a depth piece. This not everybody on your team needs to be Tatis. And by the way, with the goober, who I have the bobblehead of, who knows how healthy he's going to stay. You know, what feels really great having a backup shortstop under at the minimum and is getting better offensively. So I think that'd be pretty appealing for the Marlins. What do you think?
0: I mean, dude, he was 26 last year, right? Like, uh, you know, I think we forget too that he's he's young coming over from, you know, overseas, which is it's it's a big adjustment. He has his second season to really do that, and first season was was rough offensively. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And to see what the way he built off of that and, and was able to put together a, a 105 WRC plus last year, so not only is he one of the better defenders at shortstop, he was above average offensively. Second half, he was even better. I think he could be a you know, a 110, 115 WRC plus guy, which is 10 to 15% above average. You do that while playing great defense. You're a really solid shortstop. He was nearly a four-win player last year. So, you know, do the the Padres need him? Not really. You're moving a defensive, a glove first shortstop to second because of how loaded your infield is. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay,
0: that's a nice problem to have. Well, you don't really need – to have him at second base playing the best second base in the world, I guess i will probably be up there. Him and Nico Horner, I think will be competing for the gold glove at second base, but it's kind of a waste when, you know, he could be playing a really good shortstop somewhere and the team will value him as a very good defensive shortstop. How would things align? Would you put crone back at second? Would Jake Cronenworth go back to second? If you move to Hassan Kim, then who plays first carpenter? Like that's where I get confused. I it's, is like we I hear about grown. these trade talks, but I don't even know how, things kind of settle back in with the Padres if they do move one of these guys.
1: Yeah, and and the big thing is Tatis, because until he comes back, there's definitely going to be questions about who's playing where. Um, I doubt that Tatis would play first base, but he can kind of – it makes sense to kind of try him out anywhere, right? You have the shortstop thing, and then you could have him in the outfield. He's just so athletic and talented that I'm sure that it's at least worth um, trying him out there, so maybe he's the starting left fielder once he gets back Right. And then you have Grisham and then you have Soto. Or if they were to trade Trent Grisham, I'm still a little bit of a proponent. I'm still a little bit of a believer in Jose Azokar. Um, the reason I think that is because I think he's fast. I think he has good reaction time. I think he can basically just be Grisham, but without the power, but every now and then just get you some base hits, a 260, 320 on base type of guy who doesn't hit for power. I'm not saying that this guy's an all star, but. I just think we haven't seen enough from him in the outfield and he could be at least a really good defensive player. So that is what yeah. I think.
0: That's Grisham interesting too. Five, five, outs above average last year and limited sample size in center field. Exactly. It's, it's pretty impressive. Seven outs above average overall. Like that's, you could almost replace Grisham then with that mm-hmm. and he might hit better. So, and he's cheaper. So I think that's a great point there. And I know Marlins fans wouldn't be thrilled with it all when We got Trent Grisham in center, but, you're you're a pitching and defense oriented team you now pick up two elite defenders and let's be real Hassan Kim's a big upgrade he'd be still be one of their better hitters which is which is crazy to say Trent Grisham you know he might not be the best hitter but even his capabilities I think are better than some of the guys that they were rolling out there at points last year so I would take the elite defense up the middle between shortstop and center with those two and you know, I, I, if you think that the the Padres feel the same way that they could plug Ocar in there, I, I really do believe that Tatis will, will settle into left. I think that makes the most sense because they were talking about that before all of this anyways, right? I mean, we were, we were, we were hearing that conversation when he was just trying to stay healthy. So, yeah. you know, I think now where it's a combination of, yes, still want him to stay healthy and also like, sorry, buddy, you know, while you were – busy riding motorcycles and and taking steroids we signed Xander Bogarts to play shortstop so you know it's just the reality of it you lose that that uh ability to say hey that's my spot and you know I I feel like left field is is more he'll be more than fine out there with his speed and his arm I think he'll figure that out so Mm -hmm. if that's how the Padres are approaching it if you can turn Hassan Kim and Trent Grisham who if I'm not mistaken how many more years of control does Grisham have one i'm gonna
1: say one yeah it's it feels like it's been an eternity that he's been on this team i don't know why he's a free agent in
0: 2026 so
1: 2026
0: but if you can turn those two guys into you know arguably eh, i mean this is a good rotation pablo lopez gives you just another if that's if pablo lopez is your four yeah that's 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 a world series rotation or at least a you know a, a one of the better rotations in the national league. And now you have a lot less pressure on the two guys trying to make the full transition from the bullpen, Nick Martinez, Seth Lugo, right? Both Mm -hmm. those guys are trying to make a transition from the bullpen. That's a lot. And then on top of that, Blake Snell or you Darvish, if they get hurt, who are you plugging in? And and this is a very feasible scenario, not even to be a doomsday guy, but like, let's say one of the, the three, the big three hits the IL for a small period of time, even. And one of Nick Martinez and Seth Lugo is struggling a little bit. You got two open spots in the rotation. That's not that unlikely. Who are you plugging in there? Julio Tehran? Jay Groom? <laughs>
1: hey, you know, Julio like, Tehran was great in like 2014.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, like, I you know, I really think this this is a move that I would way rather have more pitching depth if I'm the Padres, given what they have talent-wise in the lineup, than have infield depth in the form of, of a Hassan Kim. Um especially because they've got guys like eggy Rosario coming up a prospect I yeah. really like who I think could come up and you know, he's not gonna be a superstar, but he puts bat on ball and he can play a lot of positions and mm-hmm. and that's another guy that can fill in and 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 hold it down
1: yeah. and I think that my thing i've always been about acquiring depth. I just think this team has so many superstars that it's okay to have some depth. so they're not in like that this has been one of my random pet peeves for a while, aside from the Pittsburgh outfielder. One of my pet peeves has been how everyone always says how their team desperately needs pitching, which I think is just a factor of how baseball works. You're, well, you can't get enough pitching, right? But yeah, you never I, have enough. I, I don't think the Padres are in like DEFCON 4, but they're definitely in a no. scenario because of what you outlined. And I talked about this on a previous show where they were very, very secretly incredibly good with their health last year. Um, obviously, you had the Tatis thing. know and Snell and Clevenger out of the gate but aside from that Musgrove um um, Darvish right like all these guys Nick Martinez stays healthy um Jake Cronenworth stays healthy although I've heard behind the scenes that he might have played a little bit hurt but he was playing right Manny Mm -hmm. Machado always healthy I mean it's ridiculous with this guy but oh he doesn't run outrun a ground ball sometimes whatever right the Padres were really healthy last year and I think that you might expect like you said Darvish he's not getting any younger um Blake Snell, he's had an issue with staying healthy. So it I think it makes a lot of sense. My question is, you know, I just this isn't like an accusatory question. Is Pablo Lopez really good? And I don't I don't think that this is Michael Waka, who is a free agent of mine that I find to be just a everyone's freaking out because there's no pitchers left. and they're like, oh, yeah, Michael Waka, the guy who's had one good season. <laughs> like yeah. I just, I don't know if that's the case. Is Pablo Lopez like really that type of starter in a vacuum? I know that for the Padres as a four, that would be absolutely phenomenal. But in a vacuum, no, do you, do you it, like him as a pitcher?
0: Yeah, well, so first of all, yes, I do like him as a pitcher. But, you know, I, I think it's a fair question because, you know, Pablo Lopez is, is consistent. And, and I think that's something that is, is hard to do in today's game. And his numbers were inflated by, by a bad final stretch. You know, he mm-hmm. was floated in trade talks and basically up till the final minute wasn't sure if he was gonna get traded or not. And it, you know, I think that that took a little bit of a toll on him. His first couple starts off of the the deadline were bad. And then he finished strong again at the end. I think you know, you gotta know what you're getting here. And at the same time, he's 20 27. So he he's young. Like I don't think people realize how young Pablo Lopez is, and, and he's continuing to to learn the craft and get better. He's a really smart guy that When he's done playing, wants to be a doctor, so he's a guy that's always trying to get better in terms of pitch usage, pitch shape, all of those things. So I think he's he's you know we might not have seen the ceiling yet, but you know I I think if you're expecting him to be you know a frontline guy, it's just not the case. He's he's a really solid middle of the rotation starter with two years of control that you know rarely is going to have that blow up outing. Is he going to go eight innings of twelve Ks? Probably not. You know Musgrove has that in him, Snell has that in him, Darvish has it in him. That's why those three guys are considered frontline talents, you know, but you're going to get a lot of six innings, three runs at the worst. It's like five innings, three runs, and you're always in the ball game. And I think when you're a a team like the Padres, you need a guy like that. And the other thing I look at is you got two years of control here with Lopez that the Padres, they got to pay Juan Soto. We assume they're probably not going to pay Machado. That money's probably going to go to Soto as Machado, I think, opts out, you know, after this year and, and they probably can't pay him they're not going to be able to go into free agency and throw money around. Right. So why not leverage those two years, extend to Pablo Lopez if you trade for him. And, and now you've got a, you know, a pitcher locked up for a while and you didn't have to spend big in free agency, but to, to kind of circle back to the initial question, Pablo Lopez is very solid. And, you know, I think you see people like, Oh, is this guy that good because of how much we've heard about him? We've heard about him so much because you rarely see a pitcher like Pablo Lopez put on the market. He's, a great clubhouse guy he is steady he is you know controllable and seems to just continue to make little tweaks and get better here and there so you don't see those guys hit the market very often so i think that's why it might feel like he's talked about as if he's an ace and he's not but this is still a really solid middle of the rotation starter that can put a team over the top
1: i'm really talking myself into it i really am i i just i like the idea of having him and i know i was off on Mania last year and he ended up being a bit of a disaster but I just I like where Lopez has done so far I like kind of poaching guys from teams that have struggled maybe this is a Musgrove thing and I'm just like oh my god that works so great for us let's try it again but and and don't get me wrong obviously some Padres fans might be thinking right now like oh but I don't want to give up Grisham and Hassan Kim and whatnot it's like well unfortunately you have to actually give up players um, yes. which is a thing that I've realized following baseball is you actually have to give up good players unless of course you somehow manage the fleece of the decade on the aforementioned pirates and whatnot and you can't just give up josh Mears and ryan weathers and say all right we want we want sandy we want Lazardo, this is what we want yeah i am curious though for the rest of those guys sandy alcantara he's off the table i imagine
0: yeah Not no shock
1: i mean he was a superman and he's on one of the most team friendly kind of deals that I can think of for a starting pitcher. Yeah. Creature. And and beyond so, that,
0: he like is the franchise. Like he goes yeah. to every community event. He is oh, like a phenomenal that. dude. Like they, they they he's more important beyond what we even see on the field. I can that that's something I can speak mm-hmm. to for sure. That's awesome.
1: But there's still a lot of interesting guys. Jesus Lazarda former kind of top pro prospect. He comes and everyone's drafting him in fantasy baseball. Then he kind of flames out in 2021. It doesn't really work. And then I think it was 2021. And then the Marlins trade for him. And while he was healthy, pretty effective starter. Yeah, and then you've also nasty. got, um who's the other one? And then you've got Trevor Rogers, who I'm worried about. And I, I messaged you. I'm worried that this is your guys' Chris Paddock just this guy who came in rookie year with this one pitch in the case of Rogers was a fastball in case of paddock. It was his changeup that just nobody could hit, but then maybe people adjusted to, but I want to talk about those guys. I want to talk about not Sandy because he's not getting traded, but Trevor Rogers and Jesus Lizardo. Are those also guys that you could see the Marlins trading potentially
0: Rogers? Yes. Lizardo. It would have to be something pretty, pretty remarkable. So I, you know, I don't, I don't think Wizardo would be on the table here. Um, Rogers would, but but I look at it from a Padres perspective, and Rogers with more control, you know, because he has, I think, I believe, four years of control. It, that that's a guy that's going to cost more, even with the struggles last year, right? He was phenomenal his rookie season, runner up to Jonathan India, and then struggled last year. But a big lefty with with four years of control is is going to be extremely expensive. Um, so you know, if you're a team. And, and there's other teams like the Red Sox and others that prefer Trevor Rodgers over Lopez because they're looking at the at the big picture, right? They're not going to give up major pieces uh, unless they're getting several, several years of control. But also, it's a mixed bag, right? We're talking about we don't know how Trevor Rodgers is going to look next year. We don't know if he's going to regain that rookie form. I can tell you Pablo Lopez what he's going to be next year. It's going to be between a yeah. three, a three, five and a three, seven ERA. He's going to strike out around a batter per nine. He's not going to walk guys. And he's going to give you a ton of quality starts. I can guarantee that. So, you know, for, for the Padres, yeah, Trevor Rogers might be on the table and yeah, he could end up being better than what you might get from Pablo, but he could also be much worse yeah. and you're going to have to give up more to get him. So for me, I think in this case with the Padres, Lopez seems to make the most sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's it sounds like kind of you're just you pick your your destination, right? It's either Trevor Rogers with the with the control, but there's the potential that he's just another Paddock or Mania for us or Mike Clevenger, and I then for Pablo, possible. it's like solid pitcher, but maybe doesn't have the same level of upside that I think people have been excited for with Riders and a little bit less. Um, team control so do you want to like try a buy low attempt this is what I love talking about with baseball like which direction do you go do you go for a buy low on Trevor Rogers, or maybe even a maybe is it kind of buying high on Pablo Lopez I can't really tell I, don't, I think it's I think, think it's at struggles that he had last season out of my head I just I would comply.
0: say I would say the deadline would have been buying high I, I, mm-hmm. I think that the Marlins fumbled a little bit there and and hindsight's 2020 because 20, he struggled you know I uh, after that deadline but uh, it, it when you lose control you know because it's it was two and a half years of, the, of control or i guess you know two and a quarter at that point and also he has those struggles i don't know if, if he's being valued the same way the second a guy gets to two years of control it it, it kind of dips off right and hmm. that's why again circling back to the pirate situation that guy in the outfield there has three and i think they're going to be pressed to trade him because once there's a big difference in these teams minds from what i've gathered from three Versus two years of control, there just seems to be this massive, and I think it's because of what you can leverage in in you know a pre-arb deal negotiations wise, and also gives you another year to sort stuff out. And if you do want to move them, you still have two years of control to move them. So, I I think that it's it's probably a good time to buy on Pablo in terms of the value, and and the Marlins know too that they got to make a deal probably before the season starts because then it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. So, you know, I I think this is the time to make the deal because if, if the Padres don't do it, I think somebody else is going to finally step up and and put the package together.
1: I like that. As I was texting on my phone, very rudely while you're finishing up there. Um, But no, I I really do think it seems like this is the deal. It's Grisham Hassan Kim, some, some random dude maybe throw in a player to be named later or whatever the heck. That kind of seems like what we're looking at here. It doesn't seem like this is a prospect trade, which honestly I think is kind of good. I kind of want to like let the, give the farm system a second to heal just, yes. just to recover. It took a nuclear bomb to the face and now it's just trying to regenerate like Wolverine. Like it's just, it's trying. It's it's coming back slowly, but I will say um, it does eventually come back. Um, I'm all into it. I think that this would be a lot of fun. I think it makes sense for the pods. I don't think that they need, I, again i don't think they're on defcon 4 i don't think this is like what they were in 2021 when they were starting arieta and velazquez but there's definitely a lot of scenarios as you outlined as as we outlined throughout the podcast where they could get to somewhere close to that their offense it, could carry them it's possible yeah. but yeah i would like just having this dude that everything that you said about lopez just Really solid, really consistent. Might even flirt with a no-hitter or two every now and then, which is kind of nice. I I love that stuff. Um, But I don't know, man. I don't know. I think the big thing is going to be do teams view Trent Grisham highly enough that they think, okay, maybe this guy isn't a below 200 hitter, right? That this isn't just Jackie Bradley Jr. in a different, you know, uniform.
0: Yeah, I think for the Marlins, it's really about Kim Mm -hmm. and and Kim, you know? And I think the trade of Rojas really does make yeah. him that much more important. Right now they're slated again. to start Joey Wendell at short, you know, and Joey Wendell can play a good short, but we've never seen him do it for a whole season, right? He's a, he's great when you plug him there. It's another thing to do it all year long
1: mm-hmm.
0: to have a on Kim there would, would be night and day for the Marlins. And then Grisham's almost icing on the cake for me. It's just knowing that you have somebody that can play a great defense out there in mm-hmm. center. And then if he hits, it's a bonus, but, at least you upgraded your offense from Rojas to Kim at shortstop which is pretty drastic given what Rojas did last year and what I think Kim can do. The last thing I'll say on on the Padres is again, Machado, you know, this might be the only shot you have with Machado, Bogarts mm-hmm. and Juan Soto together here, right? And this is what you gave up the whole farm system for. If you have an opportunity here to to put your team over the top, which I think is getting a starting pitcher here it's World Series or bust this year for the Padres. And look, I know it, the odds are stacked against you. There's a lot of teams. Mets are World Series or bust. The Yankees are World Series or bust. And, and it's a it's a compliment to the Padres that they are World Series mm-hmm. or bust because that's that's the team that Prowler has put together here. But guess what? You got to go. We put all the chips forward here. And and if Ha Sung Kim and Trent Grisham can make you better by moving them. I think you got to do it. So I'm interested to see what they do. You know, I won't blame them for not doing it because uh, at the end of the day, you, you want lineup depth too. But I mean, if if you have a chance here to to round out that rotation with another good arm, I, I think this could be that move that puts the, the Padres right up there with anybody. Not that they aren't already, but that could really solidify them at the top.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, and Preller has shown no fear. No fear whatsoever, this man, (laughs) making a trade. Does it always turn out well? Nope. But like you said with the going all-in, they basically tried to go all-in last year. And I say that because not just because of Soto, but you also grabbed Bell and Drury. And I imagine they really would have liked that they also had Tatis there. Obviously, they still had a great postseason. I'm still drinking the Dodgers tears. It's been months on. I mean, I'm still, I'm still refurbished. It's great. It's, it's fantastic. They're still upset. They're like, Oh, well uh, you guys still only what it's incredible how funny Dodgers fans are. That the thing they're known for is blowing it in the postseason. Anyway, Peyton Manning ass franchise. Um. <laughs> so anyway, um. arm, do you have any last final things you'd like to tell the good folks over of the Friar faithful army Um. and any other things you want to plug from just baseball or yourself or whatever?
0: Um, no, just a, that's just the usual. We'll be talking about all this stuff on the just baseball show, of course, and uh, keep up with just dot com. You put out an awesome article on some of the best moments of the year in 2022. So check that out. And if you're interested in any prospect stuff, check out the call up. Uh, we'll be breaking down every single farm system, even the Padres and what's left of it. Uh, I had a conversation with Jackson Merrill, you know, a couple months back too. that episode is, is up as well. And uh, so, yeah, if you're interested in prospects, check that out
1: awesome sounds good man everybody go check out arm and once again thank you for listening to today's show the only pod that may be better than the podres themselves remember to subscribe to the podcast for your pods from me on twitter at javipeno, peno j-a-v-i-i-p-e-n-o at l-o underscore padres on twitter if you want some memes and stuff about the pods and also at arm late eight on twitter if you want to follow arm who after years finally changed his twitter icon which I, I have to admit was the most exciting thing that you've done on twitter all <laughs> time it's just one of my random things that if someone has an icon for too long like you, you got to spice it up a little bit Dude, just really bothers pull, you huh don't be milwaukee brewers and just do the same thing every year without any hopes of changing you got to change it up every now and then you know what i mean uh but yeah everybody go check that out until next time come stay safe and of course stay faithful